the Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson and I'm delighted to have on as our special guest today, Matthew Butlerhart and Tori Butlerhart. Hello! Hello Charles, thanks for having us. Oh, absolute pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure. We're here to talk about your brand new film, Infinitum, subject unknown. And you said it the British way, not the American way. Infinitum? Infinitum. I think that's what what they're saying. Right, well that's kind of cool too. Either's good. Oh yeah, either's good. Either is great. I can't wait to dive into that. Matthew and Tori Butlerhart have been on this podcast before they've been on episode 29 and 30 talking all about two down uh so if you want to go back and dive into the past there'll be links in the show notes you can um we'll probably also touch on the aisle as well which was their feature that came out last year and uh, they have made infinitum or infinitum subject unknown in the lockdown with just the two of them this is amazing we'll get to all that i cannot wait but before we do We have a competition, don't we, boys and girls? Yes, we do. (laughs) So you've already heard about this. I forgot to plug it last week because I'm an idiot. With the episode with Jessica Hines. By the way, thank you all so much for your support and love on that episode. Uh, And Jessica obviously is an amazing actress, but she directed her feature film, The Fight, her debut feature, and we dive straight into that, which is amazing. So if you haven't listened to that, do go listen to that after you've listened to this. But our competition uh, this week is we've teamed up with Greenlit to bring you this competition and it's a, a greenlit if you don't know is a crowdfunding platform have you have you guys done crowdfunding we did a, li- we did a, little. a little bit for the aisle but yeah we we yeah but to having someone like greenlit to be perfectly honest um would definitely have helped us quite oh, a lot yeah. to be fair yeah. yeah it definitely would because what greenlit are is very specialized towards filmmakers it's you know indiegogo and kickstarter are brilliant platforms but they don't necessarily target for filmmakers greenlit is specifically for that and peter they're fantastic people they're really supportive so we thought we'd team up with them uh, to help you if you want to do a crowdfunder at the moment and we're going to pick three lucky winners picked at random tomorrow picked at random tomorrow so this is the pretty much the last day and maybe tomorrow morning to get your entries in and what you win is two hours one-on-one consultancy with Peter Story and the Greenlit team. Two hours to talk all about how to launch your crowdfunding campaign. You also get a half an hour Zoom with me. I mean, wow. You can talk about anything you want. I have no idea what that could be, but I hope it's about filmmaking rather than how you grow peas in the garden because I don't know. But this competition, it's not all. You don't just get me for half an hour. The three winners will also get free access to the rest of 2021, to all the events... From our friends at Cine Circle, uh, loads of networking events covering filmmaking and beyond, and their women in film community and showcases, some of the most popular out there. But that is still not all, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone that enters can join a special free invite-only greenlit slash filmmakers podcast event called 10 Myths of Crowdfunding Your Film. Everyone who enters does get that, so you might as well enter. This is a free competition, everyone, so enter. Uh, it is the Filmmakers Podcast forward slash competition uh links will be in the show notes there you go competition plugged couple of shout outs i need to do our co-hosts lucinda rhodes takra and ian sharp are embarking on the last week of their latest feature film code of silence this week so we just wanted to wish them a huge uh, good luck for the final week good luck you too hope it goes really really well uh, and also we have a shout out to um, Lee Preston, he got in touch about his crowdfunder that he's doing right now for his feature film, The Cabin Below a Diamond Sky. Uh, it's directed by Alex Colburn and written by Juliet Holmes, uh, pr- produced by Lee Preston. And Lee Preston is producing it. The film is about Kath. She's a mobile hairdresser and petty thief. And she must fight for freedom from a gaslighting partner. Now, as you know, on the Filmmakers Podcast, we always support indie filmmakers if you're going to get in touch with us and say you've got a crowdfunder say you've got a film that you want us to shout out we will do that lee got in touch and we are shouting out 
his film The Cabin Below a Diamond Sky. They are at about 70% at the moment uh, and they are very close to their target but they need your help. Link to that is in the show notes. If you have anything you can spare, please do. If nothing else, go to their Twitter page and retweet it. Good luck, Lee and team. Good luck to you. Oh, and also next week we have on the director, Christopher Smith. He is known for the fantastic feature film Creep and for the amazing feature film Triangle. And he is on to not only talk about those, but to talk about his brand new feature film, The Banishing. So that's next week for you. How exciting. I'm super excited to get Matthew and Tori back on because not only have they co-hosted the podcast many times as well since, but they're such lovely people and wonderful filmmakers. And they have a book which is coming out uh, in the US in July and the UK in August. Obviously, we'll be plugging it then. And I'm sure you'll be back on to talk about it then. But give us a title. Full to the brim with fizz, ginger and fierce determination. Colon, Ooh. a modern guide to independent filmmaking. We sort of did it as a working title. I mean, they're going to change that. Oh, no. No, they haven't. No, no. no fine. Just start with it. Keep it simple. Keep it, keep it simple. <laughs> but also, full to the brim. What is that about? Oh, yeah, don't totally. Know. Don't know. What is that about? Yeah, no, but what, what is it about? What is your book about? It's not really a how-to of no. film making at all it's sort of more like this is what we did for the last 12 years or so and so sometimes it went right sometimes it went wrong but this is sort of what we learned so it's sort of a journey over the last decade or so from short films so it does take you through obviously you know uh, the writing side of things and then finance and making and pre-production making a post-production into festivals and distribution so it's kind of all of the bits it's sort of a little you know as much as we know when we aren't experts it's just this is what we've done and this is what we've learned so maybe don't try these things maybe try these things I love it I can't wait for it to come out but look you two are a real inspiration in the filmmaking world and it's great you're in our world as well the filmmaking the filmmakers podcast bubble and I think it's really inspiring for our listeners to, to see and hear what you did I mean they might not be able to see it yet well no they can see it because it's out now Infinitum Subject Unknown is out now. What platforms? So, uh, so uh, as of yesterday, so it's in the UK, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, and then, so in the UK, it's on. Oh, so Apple, so iTunes, Amazon, uh, Virgin, Sky, Rakuten. That's Chili. how you say it. Chili. That thing, Anywhere it. that you can buy your film. It's, it's true. But Infinitum, Subject Unknown, is out now. You can go watch it. Do go support because Matthew and Tori made this movie by themselves. Just the two of them in lockdown. I watched it. I loved it. I think it's a fantastic movie. So good. So impressive, actually, Matt, considering you haven't usually worked a camera it's not your role you don't you know do that to suddenly learn both of you how to you know work the eye work it and we'll talk about how you made it in a bit but I wanted to just jump back slightly as to why because obviously you've you know you've made two amazing films with Two Down and The Isle which have done both massively successful in my eyes because they're both brilliant movies and deserved it and maybe we can touch on the sort of the cinema runs you did on those as well um and then thinking hang on, how are we going to get another movie off the ground? It's always that difficult next stage because you want to go up a budget and you always want to do a bigger names in it and all that kind of stuff. And then you're in lockdown and you thought, what should we do? Should we make a movie? Is that what happened? How did Infinite Subject Unknown come about? We were actually, we had two projects that looked like they were going to go sort of this time like One of ours year. and one of someone else's. Um, and then lockdown happened and it, it all kicked off and we were a bit like, right, very unlikely that that's going to happen now. And also because both of the films needed sort of lots of people. Yeah. You know, big crowd sort of things. And actually both of them had sort of club sort of things going on. And there's no way yeah. that you could do it without having that you know once a drag queen heist sort of thing like it's big you know there's like dance numbers and things like that like okay how we just can't we're not going to do that um with the current situation and maybe not for a while anyway um and then it was a couple of days into the lockdown that i suppose we were thinking no we should we could we can work on scripts that's great and then neither of us are very good at not doing things actually i'll cut in here i was more than happy to do absolutely (laughs) bugger all for the whole of it (laughs) that is not true it's like on holiday you always say this and then you go i'll have settled down with my book on the beach and about an hour later we could go up there and (laughs) look at that and explore let's go on an adventure yeah um and then, and then I sort of because for for a while I've really wanted to sort of work with an iPhone, you know. We know before we've used Aries and lovely things like that, but just wanted to know how far you can push 
uh, an iPhone. Um, and thought, oh, well, this is sort of a great opportunity to do that. We've got a little gimbal, you know, let's stick on and see what happens. So I started going, thinking about this, um, I can't remember the order of things, but then I think we saw a tweet from Edgar Wright who said, I hope there's some indie filmmakers out there who are making use of the empty streets of London. I hope they're out there just filming stuff. We're like, yes, that's a good point. Well, I, I think we'd started writing by that point um, before you saw that tweet. I can't remember if that was... Because you were like, we might as well try and do something. And then you went off on this tangent of... Um, I was thinking like post-apocalyptic, one woman's journey to go and find like her family or something like that, which is, well, I suppose in a way it sort of is. Yeah. But, um, but then I, rem I sort of thought about the work that we had already done. And we have a script called Infinitum, which we started right about eight years ago. And it's sort of huge, big budget sci-fi stuff. You see the parallel worlds. You, it's, it's, it's about the experiment. Yeah. The, it's the big, yeah. how the experiment started and the characters that you see in this film that Ian and Conleth play, they're sort of much bigger roles in, um, in the original screenplay. Then our manager gets sort of said to us, can you by any chance kind of turn it into a TV series. So we went away and did all of that work of, you know, expanding the world and turning that into the pilot and da, da, da. And then um, we sort of got that into a pretty good place. Um, and my, because from your idea of having one sole character kind of trying to find their way, I sort of thought, well, actually, why don't we use one of the people in the experiment? So we just take one person who happens to be sort of lost or trapped in between worlds um, and she's desperately trying to find her way out. Um, and I think maybe that's when we saw the tweet about, you know, like yeah. go, and, go and film the, the empty world. And, okay, so she's basically in, in this parallel world because um, in the experiment there are, you know, there are infinite amount of uh, parallel worlds. So in this one, there just happens to be no one else and she wakes up in this strange attic where there's no one else around apart from these sort of ominous zeppelins and people watching, that sort of thing. Um, so we went, okay, well, we'll use Edgar Wright's idea. Thanks, Edgar. And we just, yeah, sort of used that to help structure the story, I suppose, like the journey yeah. of what was going to happen with it. It actually, the initial sort of idea came from the short film that we wrote. Yes, which was, the, yeah, which was like 2012, I think. Yeah, and then that, that's... So it was oh. just a woman wakes up in the back of a van um, and she's basically in a time loop and then you get a little message saying, if you can survive the next 12 hours, you can go. But oh, she doesn't realise she's in a time loop and then yeah, so she ever gets shot or killed, boof, she gets reset. That never actually happened. And then that was the idea for Infinitum. Okay, so who's, who's making this experiment? Uh, you know, what, how is this sort of works? There's a kind of big governmental experiment that starts off as a sm small sort of science project. And then, of course, governments step in and try and use it as ways to um, uh, evolve, develop human evolution, basically. So, you know, the military get in there and they're finding subjects in different worlds to sort of put in these little time loops um, to sort of push them forwards to see how... You know, the idea is that um, ex people do extraordinary things in extraordinary situations. So if you keep pushing people really, really far... It's all very quantum physics-y as well. So um, the idea is that uh, anything that can happen will and does happen. So every time you decide, it's like you know, sliding doors, you know, you decide to go left, there's a version of you which has gone right. So it just creates another universe, another universe, every yeah. choice you make. So, But the idea is that if you know this and you can sort of sort of see key that then you can it. yeah you can key into that you can um sort of alter reality basically well you can choose you can choose one yeah. possibility and so therefore you can kind of dictate reality and so the subjects become almost superhero-y because they that's can what change reality. that's what the government that they're sort of trying to get to basically great and it's and honestly it, it's it's wonderful. And I what I like about that as well is it came from a short film idea that you had years ago. And I think as filmmakers it's so important to write all these ideas down wherever it is and have them. And then like you say, that time comes where you go, Oh, we we need we're in lockdown, we're in COVID times. There's two of us. We're filmmakers. Let's go do something. You can look through that list and go, "That's a good idea. Why don't we just do that?" And then I imagine that's how you you both ran with it and went, "We could do this. We could do this." Yeah, yeah. and we were just like, actually, we can stick her in an attic rather than in the back of a truck. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and she gets these clues from another world that lead her on this journey to well, a journey of discovery, really. 
Yeah, find out who, you know, who, why she's there, who she is, and how she gets out of it, basically. Which is great. So, so everyone knows. Um, Matthew directed and shot the film. Tori stars in it. You both produced it, obviously, because it's just you two, so you're bound to be producing it. Tori stars in it, and it was entirely written and shot during COVID 2020. Yeah, so with the first sort of four weeks of the um, of the lockdown, we were writing it. Hang on, the first four weeks, the first lockdown, you for that first four weeks, you already started writing it? Well, yeah, so yeah, so from day two of the being lockdown, we went, right, let's do something. And then we had the idea, and went, right, so let's start writing. And, you know, normally we'd obviously want to spend a lot longer on the script. But, In four weeks. <laughs> but because we, we had no idea, like, you know, how long the lockdowns were going to happen. I mean, if we're going to do this in an empty world, we have to start shooting it. So we gave ourselves until like the last week of April, I think, uh, roughly, to go, right, We ha- whatever happens, whatever state the script is in, we have to start shooting then. Because, you know, they would do all those little announcements, okay, three mm-hmm. more weeks. Yeah, okay, and right. at that point, I actually, we all thought it was going to be done and dusted within a month at the most, right? So you so you were up against a time limit. Exactly. Yeah, and then they go, okay, so summer went, okay, so we've got to get this done by beginning of June, basically, is what I think we set. Yeah. And we do, I think that 1st of June was our last sort of shooting day. So then we had sort of four and a half weeks of... Of filming basically so um so we had two weeks in london and then the second half of it because the journey is that she's trying to get to this research center um and uh and we knew where we wanted to shoot that and we could have access to this huge jacobean mansion which was empty um because tori's mum uh is a, an art historian uh art history lecturer at yes. this american college which we knew was empty but we didn't know at that point if we were allowed to do it we weren't allowed to go there so we had to wait for the government to go if you can do your yeah. job, go and safely. do your job. Yeah, the British film back. industry can start up if you can do it safely. Yeah. So, and we were like, well, it's just two of us in an empty house. We can definitely do that safely. So there was about a couple of I days. Think, oh, more than that, before we then went down to the country. Yeah, after, the after they announced yeah, it, then yeah, they yeah, went, yeah. oh, well, hang on, we, we can go. We to pack everything up. And just do it, which is lovely because you're talking about using places you know. And using um, equipment and uh, offices or locations, basically what I mean, that you know. And the fact is you guys went, okay, well, we can probably shoot in our house, right? I mean, that's where the attic is. Is it somewhere in amongst your house? So the flat below us, which is yes. owns, uh, is belong, uh, belongs to these sort of uh, older couples. So they were sort of trapped down in Eastbourne. So, we would, so a lot of it, it's down in their house. But then you sort of go back and then back up again into their weird asbestos filled as we discover later um attic but perfect you were like well hang on there's an empty flat plus with the loft bit next door where it looks down we can shoot that there plus we have this mansion type location up in oxford that as soon as we've got the time to uh, we're allowed to go shoot there we can shoot there so you planned it to do that that's great it's so clever and that's so important oh yeah we've sort of always done that realistically we've always because you know we both trained as actors um, and I obviously don't do that anymore, but you know, we didn't know another way of doing things. So we've always gone, well, here's the idea. What can we get? Okay. Now let's adapt it to the situation, either the budget mm. or the, okay. Okay. We can only get this much money. Right. Let's rewrite things or the location. Okay. So we'll, we'll base it on those. So all the places in the film, like, you know, the canal path and the, the called graffiti bridges mm. and things, it's all places that we've sort of known from our walking the dog, basically. Um, you know, they're all in walking distance. So, we, so we'd walk the dog and go, okay, well, this is a cool place. We can shoot that. Okay, so maybe she goes along here. Right, let's write that into the script. That sort of thing. Yeah. I love that. It, and it's so important for indie filmmakers out there when you're sort of setting out to think about that because it's all good and well to go, we're going to do this sci-fi and we need suddenly your budgets go through the roof. But if you go, well, hang on, let's just, whatever it is, it might not be a sci-fi drama, but this location works. I can probably get that one off a friend or hang on, we can shoot my basement or we can shoot. Suddenly it opens up so many possibilities and you're writing a script around that, which is exactly what you guys did, right? It's rather than trying to squeeze an idea, like have this this huge idea and then squeeze it into places. We've always, always adapted as we've been writing, not we haven't written it and then adapted afterwards we found places I mean, even with two down you know, years ago we would go okay so that would be cool oh we can hang on maybe we can do that oh, in we cafe. know that block of flats we can shoot behind there yeah so okay yeah. so what, what would make sense to, okay we can use that here so yeah we'd, we'd sort of write with all the locations always in mind so we just carried that on and the same with the aisle as well to touch on that a little bit obviously you, you had that aisle in scotland that you could use right or have access to yeah we found the yeah. island first and that sort of inspired us to write the story yeah. so yeah completely that way around so important so important so why don't 
uh, I know we sort of touched around what the infinitum subject unknown is, but if you could give the logline and then I can play the trailer. Okay, so infinitum subject unknown is a mind-bending British sci-fi. So in the world of infinitum, the, the paraverse or the multiverse is very much a reality that's being discovered, but it's being used as a place for experimentation, especially to further human evolution using unsuspecting subjects. This is where we find Jane, waking up in a strange attic with no clue how she got there or why. We follow her journey as she slowly pieces together a puzzle of what is happening and how she can hopefully stop it. But she has the added obstacle of being trapped in a time loop in an entirely empty world where every possibility can become a reality. In the world of quantum science, anything that can happen will happen. The exploration into the capability of the human mind is not a new one. Hello? It is only now, however, that we are able to see behind the curtain. Every choice you make creates infinite possibilities. Infinite possibilities. I'm trying to get to this research center. I don't know why, but I think it might help. on the cusp of propelling human evolution to a staggering new dimension. What the hell have you done, Professor? There you go. It's it's really difficult, I think, to create this kind of because it's so important because this is the stuff people read when they go to apple or rakuten or virgin or whatever this is the you know they see the thumbnail and they go oh i like that because your poster is ace they see your mckellen's on it they go oh i like that um and they go oh i i think i want to watch this movie but then they might read it because someone else sat next to them might go oh i don't know if i want a sci-fi tonight or whatever and that little log line or whatever is so important oh i know Hang on, Actually, I'm trying to find... So look, Apple do... have nailed it. They've got a really good... Oh, have they? So, yeah, so they said, a mind-bending slice of British science fiction featuring Sir Ian McKellen and Conneth Hill. Jane, Tory Butler Hearth, is trapped in a parallel universe and is forced to find a way to alter her reality before it's too late. Boom. Boom. That's, That's very good. good. Well done, the writers of Apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- actually, I think that was Bluefinch, to be fair. Ah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that was well a done, Did they not consult you on it? Because yeah. probably they shouldn't have, because if they had, it would have been this long old window. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know what to write, kids. What we've learned, because, yeah, we have learned definitely <laughs> to leave certain things to people who are really good at certain things. Yes, marketing teams are good at marketing movies. They know how to do it. They know how to sell them. Sometimes we can get involved a bit too much, right, with that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I th- actually, there's a masterclass um, that I really want to listen to. Oh, on the Masterclass app? On the Masterclass. This is, are we allowed to plug that? Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. I mean... It's, I, they might give you some free stuff. Yeah, well, there is, the t- there is the two for one at the moment, isn't there? We could go halves on it. Yeah. Oh, have you got it? Because we might do that. No, no we haven't we got it. No, it. I did have it and then... We I had it at the beginning. Lapsed. And then... <laughs> lapsed. You, but there's this, this new one that's <laughs> come out. Lapsed in my subscription. <laughs> yeah. There's this new one that's come out with um, Daniel Pink. And it's all about um, pitching. Ah. And I'm like, we need Yeah, that's something we really need to, to get better at. That's good. Well, we've done a really good episode on pitching with uh, John Liversay and Aaron Scotty, episode 192. And he talks all about pitching. He's a pitch master. So that might be one to listen to. But yes, so it is, it's really important that we have a grasp on how we can sell our films, especially when we're doing podcasts like this or we're doing talks or we're doing interviews. But we, sometimes we leave it to the experts because some people are very good at it and we have to listen to what they have to say, even if we're not happy. <laughs> no, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but you're entirely right. You're entirely right. And we know that's like a massive, <laughs> it's a massive thing in our sort of our toolkit that we just really need to work on. Yeah, but again, it's not, we're, we're so creative and we can, we can get bogged down in our own sort of bubble sometimes. And actually, this is their job. People's jobs are to sell films. And if you've got a big distributor behind you, you're not self-distributing the movie, then you let, you know, what what are they going to come up with? Because, like, the poster's really cool, but I, I imagine that if you'd had sort of gone, oh, and we want to do the poster, we, you might have done something different with it, right? Well, we, we did originally, so we always get, like, a little... T- <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no, no, we did that. <laughs> no, 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 we did, definitely did not do that. No, no, but we always do like a sort of like a little teaser one. So when I'm sending things out to distributors and people, so that, so that, I'm quite good at writing things. It's when I'm talking about stuff, I just can't be concise. So I can, I'll write like a really, really good email. Boof, here's some visuals. And they go, okay, so mm. punchy, like just really, really short, five or six lines. Here's a nice cool image. 
boof, and that gets yeah. the ball rolling, and then they can do the clever stuff. But when I'm chatting in real life, I'll just ramble on like an absolute maniac. Yeah, yeah. Well, distribution on the uh, marketing and distribution is so important. It really is. And maybe like, while we're talking about that side of things now, let's jump into that, and then we'll come back to the making of, because distribution for this is great. Like say, Bluefinch are behind it. You know, you've got all the platforms available. You know, it's on Sky, it's on Amazon, it's like, you know, it's everywhere, which is which is fantastic. That's what you want for a movie that was shot in lockdown, released in lockdown. Everyone could go watch it now, and that's amazing. How did that happen? How did you uh, approach Bluefinch? Like you said, you sent an email. You just told me with, with your description and poster, and I. I imagine you did that to quite a few and why blue finch what was their take on it to be honest though we didn't at first because we started we did this and we to be perfectly honest we didn't think anyone would ever really see it uh, that wasn't the point really it. It was, yeah well mm. because it, it was it was only actually it was our editor will it was only after a few days because even he was like okay fine those guys are you know we've known will for Year, almost two almost two 20 years now i've known yeah. um so he's like okay you know he wasn't working either I'll, okay, I'll edit, I'll edit their film because we'd I'll send him things. Along. I'll play along. We were sending him footage every day because it was just the two of us. So he had to kind of check it was all working. Right. Did it make sense from a story point of view? Was it visually working? Was it even, you know, was it in focus? Not always. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because <laughs> you're working on a quite a small screen. So sometimes you need, you know, it's really hard to stuff. see. Yeah. Um, really hard. But it was, it was started off partly because of a way of, Keeping us us sane. keeping sane, to be perfectly honest. You know, we're not very good at not doing things, as we said. So, okay, let's do this. And him and his, and his brother, Ben, who did the VFX, went, we'll just humour them. Great. And then after a few days, he's like, guys, this this is actually This could good. work. This could actually work as a film. And he was getting excited. And that's right. Um, and then and then we started just posting things on, on, on Twitter and stuff, going, hey, guys, we'll try this. We'll see what happens. Um but we didn't, you know, so I wasn't approaching distribution people. And then, they cut, then Screen International sort of got hold of it, went, what on earth are Fizz and Ginger doing? Okay, can we have a chat about you just working through this stuff? Again, we're like, why not? Great, that's really lovely of them. And then your friend mate, of mine yeah, from who yoga. I do, yeah, from <laughs> yoga, who works for the BBC, Ian Rose, he came, he sort of approached me and sent me a message and said, um, oh, I'm thinking of doing an article on people who are doing stuff during lockdown um can i talk to you guys about your film and so we were like yeah with well, bbc yeah, oh sure. yes it's bbc and it was great and they, they actually and the weirdly they used a, a photograph of the james bond as the thing obviously they're like later down the, the later down in the article they're talking about james bond but it said like being we, we made yeah being, but we made a film in in lockdown and the picture was was Daniel Craig James Bond, and I was like, "Guys, we, no. I just want to put, point out, we definitely didn't do that." Um, but so, but it, it went all of, over the place. Yeah. That I mean, it was you know Australia, America, all sorts. So of people, people started getting in touch with us. To be perfectly honest, which has never happened before, we've always had to do the hard work, you know, of, of like approaching people. So we still had to do that. But then, so Blue Finch, who you know, because we've we're old now, we you know we've been around, so you know we we used to bump into Mike. He used to be a kaleidoscope in Cannes. You know, we would literally just bump into him into the road. Or, you know, uh, or the road. <laughs> Safety first, guys. Um, you know, having a quick, quick coffee. And then he's like, I'd love to see this. You know, we, 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 we love our sci-fi. I reckon we can tell it. We're like, oh, okay, stuff's getting a bit more serious now. And then more people started joining join the conversation. So, of course, we were like, we should probably tout this around a little bit. So that's when so I got my little email and the poster and a few photographs. Uber simple, to be honest. And we just sort of, just um, started sending it out to people. And then we ended up going, actually, we, we, we really like Mike and uh, the guys at Blue Finch. So that's who we went for, for the UK and Ireland, Australia and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And was that before you had Ian and Conleth on board? So so all the press was, actually. Yeah. And then, then it was actually kind of near the end of the filming, or no, halfway through the filming. Because <laughs> So Conleth's part, so Ian's part didn't exist in this one. He did in, in, in the big one. and then But Conleth's part was originally going to be... Played by my dad. dad. Um Literally, they're like, mm. kind of like, oh, well, just that'll be fun. Um, and then we were like, well, hang on a minute. Like, as th- as people get more interested um, as we were filming, and Will was going, this this is decent, guys. We went, well, you know, we've worked with Connors before, we've known him for a long time. Connors, do you want to do this part? And, and like, as wonderful as my dad is, yes, Connors is not, was- not Connors. <laughs> no, he's not Connors. He's, not Connor. he's no. certainly not Ian McKellen. No, <laughs> and, and then so then so we got Connors to do one little bit, and then as we were putting it together, we realised. Because you know we always like our subtle filmmaking, but then we realised this has gone uber subtle, and people are going to go, "What the fuck is going on?" Because there's not a lot of dialogue. 
um, hugely. So we we did want to explain a bit more about the science. So then we went, okay, we need to give Conneth more stuff to do. So he's got another scene, then more voiceover bits. And then we were putting it together more. And then we went, well, we need to, we kind of need to explain a few more little bits about it. Well, let's go back to the original idea of having these scientists as, you know, witness scientists, and maybe they're doing like a documentary. Because um, we didn't want to do like stuff on screen, as in like Tori's talking to someone on screen. We wanted to, her to be fully alone in this world. So, okay, yeah. so so there's the, throughout it, there's these little snippets of this documentary, sort of like an in house. Like a like you know the Scientology like a, do their own like in house yeah, promo promo sort of yes thing. Yeah. yeah yeah so then we went oh well hang on we've also worked with Dean McAllen I know I know it sounds really easy it's not but as in like we we did just email and go hi we're doing this are you possibly around at all Connor's Hill's doing it we know you we Ian's know you band. are Ian because it's yeah. locked down and yeah. you're not doing you're not, it. You're not doing anything else darling. <laughs> and yeah, and but also, you know, we, we have asked him to do things before. Like he doesn't just say yes. To oh God, stuff. no, no, no. So luckily, he just that found it really interesting. He's also likes Conneth Hill as well. So we went, oh, Conneth Hill's doing it. Mm, okay. So this be a little day. So yeah, so then we got Ian involved. But it was a storytelling thing, to be honest. Um, we th- again, we we thought, oh, that's quite fun. Um, you know, they're very much cameos in this as well. And, and luckily, we've all you know, we've never tried mm. to say. Starring Ian McKellen, even though the poster might slightly, might slightly say that, yes. yes. <laughs> Just a little There's not there. a with Ian McKellen, it's... There is, it, it is. is. It's, oh, it's, it's the and, and, Ian and, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fine. Um, but fine. we do try and point that out to people that, um, and luckily most of the press have said, you know, it, they're cameras, yes. which is good, because we are going to get a little bit of backlash, I think. Um, <laughs> so I do apologise. But yeah, so very much camera. but it was just a storytelling thing. We, and then when people went, well, hang on, Ian McKellen's involved in this, well, this is like a big thing. We're like, oh, so it just kind of snowballed, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. It was not our intention. And we went, we've known Ian. He's a friend. He's been massively supportive of us. He has. I've so. known him for about 20 years. Well, he was in the first ever short you made as a team as Fizz and yes. Ginger, wasn't he? Yeah. So That you were in. Uh, that well. I was in yeah. as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we should dig that up one day. I don't even know. I know Will still have yeah, it. Because yeah, Will edited just... that, like I say, and, and he's been involved with you guys for ages. So basically, you made this one by sort of asking for favours from people you've worked with in the past and said, well, look, let's do this for pretty much your no money, sort of your money, you know, just literally nothing. Yeah. We we made sure we, we paid people to do the post-production. Yeah. That's the only money that was so involved. We, just we, yeah, we paid Will enough, and Ben and our composer, Tom. And, and Pete, who graded Pete, it. who graded it. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. That's really nice. But I imagine that was just out of your pocket sort of thing, really. I mean... It, we had we had a lovely... Um, yeah. So the guy who, who helped invest in the aisle. Um, I mean, we're not talking big money at all. It's really no. small amounts of no, money. It's like, yeah. you know, for what, for what they Micro- did. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's miniature. Yeah, so, so he said... But, yeah, the lovely Anthony... Because um, it was actually really well-timed because about a week before he started getting money from the aisle. And like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting any money. Great. <laughs> That's um, great timing. On that note, Anthony, um, we've got... <laughs> Could enough, you yeah. put it straight yeah, back yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you hit your investors, when yeah. they start getting some return. Yeah. And you're like, oh... They didn't get all, they didn't get all of it. It's just like little bits. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's more than I expected. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, if that's, if if that's, that's the way that's it is. If that's how you feel... <laughs> Um, yeah, but we, I mean, we are talking tiny money. This is not. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah. This isn't big. This is just like help us get through this and help us make this, which is so lovely. And the fact that you've got that relationship with an investor that's invested in your last film anyway to go, look, we're doing this. And this is a film that is much more likely to make some money because of what it is, because you made it for you know micro budget and because it does have Ian McKellen suddenly it goes oh well you can sell it in territories and they're invest- your investor already it's sold in more countries than any of our yeah. other films and actually <laughs> interestingly amazing, because amazing. there's very little dialogue it also open it up, opens it up to far more yeah, territories. Yeah, so like quite a lot of Asian countries are looking at yeah. it. So, um, Cause, ah. Because I'm on my own, so like, there's such little dialogue in it. That, um, actually you're Mr. It Beaning it, basically, aren't you? Yeah, you're Mr. Bean. Mrs. Yeah. Beaning Mr. it. Mrs. Mrs. Bean of the sci-fi world. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing i love it and what is so inspiring about this is you just went let's do this and the fact is that now it's getting and really loved your release it's selling more territories than your, your films before and this was just something you went let's just shoot this so let's jump back to that let's just shoot this because shooting on an iphone is not easy talk us through tori uh when matthew said oh don't worry i'll shoot this and how did you both <laughs> learn to do this and what was going through your head at this point to be honest it was you know what like you we never discussed this this could be quite interesting this is crazy what did you think what did you think wife (laughs) i i didn't think it would look very good if i'm honest neither did i I think yeah and 
the kit that we had, we had a gimbal um, and we used the um, Filmic Pro app. That, to be fair, was Which a game changer. Game not a game changer, but like, as in that, that I, I, I know that's are very technical. So we obviously had to learn yeah. this and a lot of YouTube videos and things like that. Even, yeah. to use how, even to use the gimbal and the special ninja walk to make it smooth and that sort of yeah. stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. Really hard. Yeah. Um, and you did. You did a lot of work on just working out the technicalities yeah, of, of shooting well. mm. um, the, I mean, the whole light balance thing was just, I mean... Pfft. Lighting was a whole was a thing we've never had to at all ever think about properly, you know, from a creative point of view. Yeah, you've always had brilliant DPs with you. So it's, it's wonderful as for directors. We can go, wow, what does it look like that? And you send them amazing photos and pictures and stills from other movies. And they kind of go, okay, I'll do my best with whatever equipment they've got. And, yeah, and I've always known it's really hard, but I, I, pr- I fully, fully appreciate how hard that actually is. You know, they kind of like, okay, I'll do it with a couple of lights. And like, okay, that's really simple. We had a couple of lights. <laughs> and like, literally, it's just, uh, I, I, I genuinely saw grey hairs that were coming out by the end of it, just because, yeah, trying and- to shoot at night time, kind of going, okay, we need to make it realistic. So like, okay, the, mo- the light's coming from the moon. And then you watch stuff and you're like, Hang on, that's not that's not what they do at all because you need to be able to bloody see them in the first place. So it was yeah. it was actually, and there was definitely moments where you know, from me as an actor's point of view, I was like, okay, good, yep, yep, ready to go. And then you were still fiddling with the gimbal, being that's like, why is it not yeah. switching on? I'm why? ready. It's still drooping. I'm ready. It's not- <laughs> and there's like. There's a little limp. And his limp iPhones just hanging sort of off, like the hanging room, off this turning gimbal. itself off. <laughs> the gimbal. Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with that thing I'm trying now? To ba- yeah, and that's what we learned as well. Because the iPhones, to be fair, I would genuinely happy shoot another film on an iPhone now, especially now I know more about it. But um, like, it's not great with bright light, so we had no. to get like a little what we call sunglasses, but like because <laughs> we didn't know the real name. Little ND filter. So like, to over, yeah. So even when we were inside, like the, the light was sort of blowing out, and I realised that's. When I, especially when people knew we were doing this, people started sending us like, "Oh, I made a film on an iPhone and things like that." I'm like, "It's great, but like, it still doesn't look great." Great. To be, not in a bad way, but as in like, you know, just because of the technical limitations. And then, so we had to kind of work hard from that side of uh, that side of things. But you know, the, the ND filter is a, is a massive help. To be honest, um, well, we, there's no way we could have done it without no, the ND filter. No, not to make it look like how it does. But when we put the ND filter on, you'd then have these like weird um, kind of... We call them ghosts. Ghosts. There's like kind of... Like a reflection. Yeah, weird light things, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, so bubbly. then we had to kind of like, we'd put like bits of... We bits of angle it with cardboard. To angle the ND filter and so it And of course that's reflect. put weight on the other side of the gimbal, so that's, that's stressing it out. So then you have to kind of counterbalance it with, which would be like... Crop clips. And dog poo bags. And not, you can't <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That yeah. was just as a padding. You, that, was a pad, that was a padding. That was a padding. Poo bag. Well, no. You, <laughs> wait, no, not full. Not full, Giles. Um, yeah, so like, there's pictures of like what we actually had to deal with. It was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, because obviously then we used tiny little Rode microphones. Because, um, you know, sound is as important as the visuals. So, we, so Tori had the tiny little um, receiver and then a, a lapel mic. Um, that was probably our biggest expense. It's about £280 yeah. for these mics and the lapel thing. That's... As much as we... Oh, and the lights are about 200 quid as well. But then the other bit but, had to be attached to the gimbal. Yes. Well, to the, it goes straight to the iPhone. So then that's well, even more weight to put on... No, but then it, we, oh, we yeah. taped it to the, to the bit that you hold of the gimbal. But then, there you, then that meant that you had very little to hold on to. Honestly, it See, was... See, when you say it out loud, like, why not to be doing it? There we go. It was... Is the phrase Heath Robinson... That's the thing your mum always says, but I never I really know. know what it is. Does oh, it's something to do with Robinson Crusoe, isn't it? You throw things together? I don't know. Wait, when it's like real hickledy, ramshackled, kind of botch it and make it work. That's basically how we shot it. That's our style. Which is great. But how great's that, though? The fact that even though we can, we can everyone can image, you know, visualise this now, of this you know, iPhone strapped up with a gimbal that keeps falling and you've got dog poo bags on one side, cardboard on the other, as sort of a barn door with tape all wrapped around. The image of it, but yet you still made a feature film with it. You still went, let's persevere. Because that first few days must have been really infuriating when you'd sort of spent four weeks on the script going, we're doing this, we're doing this, learning about it. It and then going, this thing doesn't really work how we want it to. I must have been really testing for you guys to think, shall we even continue this? 
and the other thing we discovered was because my phone only was a 64 gigabyte right <laughs> yes it meant that you'd shoot for 20 minutes and then you'd be like Ooh, yeah because we were shooting 4k because we did we didn't we knew that you know if it was going to go anywhere it had we had to have as much information as we could could out of the thing to kind of go and be able to play with things afterwards and you know like a lot of the platforms these days need at least 4k for example as you know you know so we're like yeah. which is amazing the fact that a phone can do that i'm still you know shocked that a tiny little thing can can do this um which does make a difference but then we used so the filmic pro app as well if you pay for the extra bit the cinematic bit you can kind of go into uh, to log so we did that um so really flattened mm. it all down so then we could really play with the image afterwards as well so i think that's why so that's what steven soderbergh when he's the unsane didn't do so he, apparently he got some of his settings on on filmic pro app a little bit wrong he's learned oh right well hopefully yeah um, which yeah um but like so to be able to do that so i think that so the film it perhaps like 15 pounds something and then but for another 15 pounds yeah you get the cinematography bit so you can really control things a lot more so but considering it's like it's 30 quid but top tip use an iphone with a larger memory oh yeah sorry memory 16, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 64 because that was irritating wasn't it constantly having to kind of stop and offload well especially when you're out and about right you're out on the street you know you're out in your lovely locations that you had and suddenly you're going oh my god we're running out of battery battery for one thing but also running out of space so you means you've got to take your laptop with you you've got to plug it in charge it download everything and each take is i suppose it's like shooting on film then in a way you go each take is valuable here we're gonna lose you know you know not only light but time energy yeah but, but then we were also at home. It sort of, on the flip side, it was sort of like, oh, we'll just well, stop, have a so- cup of tea. and Yeah, it sort of worked out because it meant that we could set... So we'd probably get through maybe a, a scene, mm. um, you know, the shortest scene, and then we'd send it off to Will, to the editor, Will, to have a look. So then whilst we were doing the next one, which is probably in the same location, he could look at it and go, yeah, this shot didn't quite work. Actually, this is a bit blown out. So we go, okay, fine, we'll just reshoot that little bit. Or Because also in the film there's... Uh, it doesn't matter if we spoil it or not, I suppose. As in, so Toy wakes, she kind of gets reset various times, but then we played around with things, so it means that there's various different sort of versions of Tori or timelines of Tori scooting around the place. So we, we also have to try and match the light from her journey for each one of those things. Yeah. So, so some of them will be slightly darker, some will be slightly brighter. So we had to sort of think about all that as well, which is really subtle and no one would ever really notice it, to be perfect. No, honest. I didn't but, notice at all that. That's fantastic. Even think about that now. Of course you did, because Tori's now... The next, the next, sorry, the character uh, Jane, yeah. isn't it, um, is now in another part, of course, moving around. So therefore, if you're shooting that, and there's right, bits where yeah, like yeah, she's, totally. she's cut her hand, yeah. so that, and the things like, so she's cut the hand, but then it's continuity, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't. But then she doesn't cut her hand until later. So you go, oh, hang on. So the one we've been watching isn't actually that version of herself. Okay, so trying to think of that and including the light and all that sort of stuff was a bit of a mind boggle. Yeah. This is this is amazing. This is like film school for you guys as well, learning on the job, but also you still. You, you make a film that's being released so it's not like you're just making a little short in your room going okay well we'll put that on YouTube or whatever or not put it out this is you going oh we're filmmakers here and, and I think that is sometimes the worry with people who have made films before to just go and shoot something on an iPhone because you think yeah but the standard or that you worry about being judged or anything but uh, honestly you should be so proud of this movie because it, it really is fantastic it really is you know you've really worked so hard and you can see it but in a brilliant way it works. It really is a delight. Thanks, Thanks Charles. It is a performance as well. Tori is, is fantastic. All your performances. Oh, that's <laughs> in so there great. Are really Thank great. You. Really great. It's great. How did you? Because obviously you've got stunts in there as well, and you've you know within that. So did you just was it like your editor Will was wonderful? Will was he saying okay? Well, if you, did, you knew to do it like this, and you can bring the car in here, and you can was it all that kind of? Yeah. How did you make yeah, things like that? Split work? screens, a yeah. lot of split screen stuff. Yeah, and we did also use blue screen as well. Ah, which we've never okay. done before. Yeah, which is again so, changes the light on your. You've got yes, to work that yeah, into that was exactly. and which we've never done before. And again, so yeah, we had to do tests and we send things and they go. Great, yeah, but rubbish. So maybe the light needs to be here. So they they'd send so they they'd send us the thing back and go. The light needs to be here. That needs to be here. And like, okay, that yeah, makes sense. That whole right. scene at the window where we had to pop the blue screen and then replicate the light coming from the window on my face. That yeah, that was difficult. Yeah. Oh, well, can I, let, let's talk about this whole thing as being difficult because it's just the two of you. When people go and make an iPhone movie, if you like, you've often got more people to help. You've got technical advisors. You've got, you know, other crew members 
but it's just you two. So, and again, Tori, you're in it every, pretty much every shot that's you two shot, right? Because Ian shot his stuff himself and Conlon shot his stuff himself with, obviously you were guiding them the whole time. So everything that you were doing, you shot, it's, like I said, it's still mind blowing. It's just the two of you. You know, when, <laughs> when me and Dan have done stuff for Food for Thought documentary and we shot on a gimbal on the iPhone and I understand those problems that keep falling and it's a documentary. We can sort of get away with it. You know, it's a doc. It's, it's a bit easier to go, okay, well, the light's not great or the wobbles or, yeah, all right, fine. Here you're going, no, no, it has to be smooth. You've got these beautiful gimbal shots. You've got these, you know, wonderful things in here. Drone as well. It's great. But again, it's just a two of you. Can you help our audience talk through the difficulties here and the mindset you must have been in to to keep going and keep pushing through on this the great thing to be fair is because it was just two of us and yes we did have the time pressure we don't know when things are going to unlock but also we didn't really have to rush you don't have 40 crew yeah, so waiting on you I don't know about you but like I always feel if there's like 40 people behind you and of course you've got breaks coming up you want to make your day all that sort of yeah. stuff you don't want to you can't you don't want to go over your time you hate going over time not because of pay just because we don't want to work people to the bone um <laughs> I just want to point out very happy to pay them um but uh, we didn't have that. So no. if something took longer, then we went, okay, we'll get tired. Let's go have a cup of tea and we'll just come back. Yeah. Have a Jaff cake. Great. Let's keep doing it. So there were a few times like that. And so we didn't have that pressure. It was a first AD's nightmare. If we would have had a yeah. first AD on there, they would have lost their shit. Yeah. Because there's, def- <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely days or there's even scenes that we... we carry on the next day. Yeah. In which, you know, which I know is, is what people do. But as in... In this sort of situation, you know, it's sort of a pain in the bum, I suppose. But, but I mean, um, and we and we had our own jobs. So, like, I did all the um, production design. That I mean, of that. But you know, I'd always look at the shot and to kind of see what was in frame. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, costume, makeup, all of that. And the continuity was the main one for me because, like, as we've already talked about, because there are so many timelines. Um, and trying to kind of keep a track of that continuity was just a little bit of a brain fart. But and then you were just like, yeah, you were all all on the camera and yeah. I mean, so it got really frustrating, especially as later as, you know things got later and later. Like those bloody stair shots and things, which yeah. is really small, but it was like trying to light stuff. But because we didn't have people waiting around, it sort of took the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost easier. So so I I really want to work with a phone again, but like maybe have a really small crew, like five or six people, um, but do this kind of thing again, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose also because, I mean, actually when we first started, we didn't have any money at all, um, to, to be fair. So there wasn't any pressure from, from, from that sort of thing. I, I think it's the lack of, of like not responsibility, but as in, um, you know, we didn't think anyone's going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Realistically, and we didn't think, you know, and it didn't really matter in a way. It was sort of this for us. It was learning. So if something was frustrating, I mean, you know, filmmaking is mostly sort of puzzle solving anyway. So, and we, okay, I want to learn more about lighting. I want to learn more about camera movement. Why does this move? What's motivating this? How can I help the scene? If you know, how can I help Tori's, you know. Or you know, the character's yeah. performance in the emotional state. How can I do these things? That's sort of what was driving me rather than we need to make a really good film. It's how can I learn? What can I learn to to really make this scene uh, better, basically? Um, so this was the first time I never I never did any... I, I never. <laughs> I didn't do any um, storyboards, which I've never done before. So it was just a shot list of that. Like, this is what we need to do to make the scene work. Mm. But then I allowed myself time to just play Play. with things which I've never done before and some of the shots that I personally think are the best shots in it are the ones that you went oh I wonder what happens if I just stand on a stool and like swing my arm around and track while you're walking and you're just like oh my god we would have had a massive setup of like you know a dolly and track or a yeah. nice big jib, jib arm yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> um, yeah then and also but then also the yeah, crew behind that time. and then you're like ah it's a bit of pants okay well that's just 10 people have just wasted two hours of their time and things you know we didn't you wasted 30 seconds if it yeah i'm work. like ah, yeah, fine. Perfect. we've got so much stuff that was is not in the film not really scenes but like things that we tried and you know, it just couldn't all be in it, but like, you know, some different versions of the shot, mm. but completely different. Like, okay, so I'll start here, I'll track around here, I can go over here, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so we've, I think that's, I think that's what the drove le- it, helped, helped us sort of 
uh, keep doing it to be honest because it's really important having that drive like you say to keep going and and what also i think will have been nice is you sending it to will and then him looking at it and going oh that works or does so you're already seeing it being edited as you're going which means you can look at that and go oh if we did this shot oh if we did this this will add something more to it so suddenly you had that extra team member who wasn't there on set it wasn't judging you for going should we try this let me put it on the ground let me put it up here and there's so much stuff that you don't use that's totally fine but like you say when you're on a movie set and as, as directors are very rarely on a movie set practicing with cameras and chucking them around so then you don't do certain stuff sometimes in case the crew will go what sorry what no mate you don't swing that around like that what are you doing whereas you had the perfect opportunity both of you to test and i imagine tori the same for you with the performance to go i'm just going to try something here right talk us through that as an actor you know I personally have hated watching myself back. And so if I've ever had the opportunity to kind of watch the rushes or anything, I've probably erred away from it. Um, But this... I had to watch it back because also I was the only other sounding board on set for Matt. So he would want me to kind of review stuff with him to see if actually it was working or not. Um, So he didn't feel so alone in the process. So actually like the fact that I forced myself to kind of watch everything back was just a massive learning curve for me as an actor because I could see, okay, that shit, that's not reading at all. Or, ooh, too much, Tori. <laughs> Which I think down. is so important for actors as well, though, to, re- re- to, like, to, to take yourself yeah. out of it and almost like look at it, look at things like a director as well. Yeah. Like, okay, so why isn't this working? What piece of movement or whatever How can I do How you to use your body in the frame? You know, as an actor, you're sort of like, you get the chance to learn how to keep the frame alive. You know, so it's just sort of those little sort of... And because I guess a lot of it was no dialogue and I had no one else to react off. Um, so it it was all about reaction. It was all about my situation my immediate surroundings and how I'm reacting to that and how that reads on camera, which as just a lesson as an actor was gold. Yeah, visual storytelling for actors is 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 priceless and sort of not really taught. And it's only, it's only when you really start, you step onto the other side of the monitor and really start to scrutinise the movement and the piece and as you said, like keeping the frame alive. It's, yeah. it's just, yeah, so important. Well, I don't know about you, Matt, but when I started to direct, it instantly made me a better actor because you suddenly went, oh, Right. Oh, what was I doing? Oh, you suddenly see things differently. You understand camera moves. You, it's like it opens your mind. And now, Tori, for you, stepping on an next set, even though obviously you've been involved massively in all the films you've made, it can only enhance you as a performer slash director slash producer, all the things that you both were doing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I also tried to film one <laughs> scene because um, I was like, if you can do it, I can do it. So, was that really thought? So of course didn't you can. Say that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so the like, no, because you had it's right, it right at the beginning, one of the shots. So, like, we needed um, like some soldiery people, you know, just to case like torches yes. and stuff. So I, I, I yeah, did, going through the woods, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I yeah. that yeah. had to be me. So we kind of wanted this POV. So that's our dog flapping our ears. Um, we, you know, we needed uh, like these POV shots of like, so maybe it's you know a version of Tory and there's the soldier. So the idea was that Tory was going to do that running yeah i was running through and i was shooting my own pov <laughs> turned out that wasn't good enough <laughs> uh, you, well will sent that back to be fair he's like, <laughs> like um, you do this again so, yeah, that was so, like it's really good dear it's really good <laughs> well would you mind no 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 no, 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 no. so so we swapped so i ended up you ended up being one of the soldiers looking for yourself and i was you yeah. in the inside. is that how it worked because i did wonder how that happened because i thought oh tori must have shot this because that's not tori right but no no you put in a different outfit and ran through the woods okay i fine. think it was maybe yeah. a tiny bit where actually it was fairly still the camera and i was that was kept in i was allowed to shoot that while you were a bit more um Obvious, in, but there's in another the... bit, yeah, when you're in, in, in the van, but we all, we'd also we'd set it up on a tripod occasionally, and then mm-hmm. we'd, we'd add a little bit of the movement in it. So like there's bits when when you're in the van, so I had to wander around with a torch outside, and then Tori's in the van, so we had to we had to put that on the on the tripod basically, yeah. um, and then add a little bit of movement to keep it because the whole that, thing is that's is, the is... bit at night when the yeah. light comes across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How proud um, do you feel that you two have done this? You've achieved this. We, we haven't really thought about yeah. it, I think, in a nice... I think, I think 
I think because it's it's slightly terrifying to be perfectly honest. I don't think I've ever been this worried about a film yeah. coming out um, because because it was just two of us. And like, and like the thing is, I know what we did. Uh, not in a bad way, but as in like what we managed to put together, considering neither of us are technical, it's kind of extraordinary. Mm. I'm not saying the film is or anything like that, but as in like what we technically put together is sort of ridiculous for us. If, yeah. you know, people who know us, we know we are not technical. Giles, you know, even at the beginning of this, this podcast, <laughs> us trying to work our own computer <laughs> and things like that. Ridiculous, you know. But yeah, you shot a whole movie. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, from that point of view, massively proud, but I think... I think now we're slightly terrified. What well, it's the, yeah. it is the worry, isn't it, when you release any kind of film that there's so many horrible people who just decide to write horrible things. And we, even if a film is brilliant, there's always some idiot, some horror. And I say that in the, the worst possible way because these people are idiots. What else have you got to do with your life but give a shit review? Do you know what? People worked hard for this. Fuck off. Jog on. Do one. And I think whenever we put a, anything out there, we are there to be judged and vilified. And it just, it does make us have a much thicker skin it does but i understand because you're putting this out you know when people have seen your past work or whatever and it's it's like you say we just shot this iphone please forgive us but you should be really proud you know in my opinion oh thanks yeah absolutely oh thanks thanks Good. that's all we wanted we that's didn't you know wanted, it was like okay yeah. this is not gonna be the greatest film in the world of course no film is it's not gonna please everyone we just wanted to stand up and people go yeah cool I'll be very happy yeah, with that. You should be. Yeah. What have you learnt then? Obviously, you've told us loads there, but moving forward now, what are the things you learnt shooting on an iPhone that you could sum up a little bit for us? Or just shooting a movie in general? Oh, summing up is not on special. <laughs> but um, we'll... <laughs> as you know, ram- more yeah, rambling, rambling madness, madness but, um, please. Yeah. To be honest, I think the, the main thing that I, I... Well, I mean, learn lots of things, but one of the things is, is for, for me, it's movement of the camera um, hugely because I've always... I, I like sort of older films like the 70s thing. So like the aisle, they've, they're quite static. It's more like sort of looking at sort of pictures or paintings and things and letting the actors, you know, play in there. But I think this really taught me a lot about the importance of like not moving the camera for its own sake, but like really being in sync with the characters and like and being able to kind of help their journey sort of just with slight little movements or like the, the the kind of the angle things it just really really thinking about that more but I, I wouldn't know I wouldn't have known that until I'd done it and so like I sort of it sounds a bit wanky but I kind of felt whilst we were filming um the scene if that makes sense mm. so and kind of to go with it rather than kind of looking at things so technically yeah I had to sort of trust that that was going to happen hopefully if I'd set all the things right on the Filmic Pro app um and then just sort of be fully pro- like properly in the moment which is not like me at all <laughs> to be honest you know to not have not have a storyboard and just go with things was really liberating yeah. and I learned so much because of that like force myself to go look this is what I need to make the film work the scene work now let's just play and to do that and to like be properly thinking in the moment rather than going on my storyboard it says this um <laughs> which is my usually you know, my, my usual sort of style it I don't know I, th- I think I think it's just a better, much better film for it. You know, mm. if I if I'd done this with other things, I would definitely certainly do it. Not saying I'm going to be the camera person all the time, um, but just kind of understanding the, sort of the organic feeling of what the camera can do. I think having it, literally having it in your hands, even if you just you know a director doesn't do that normally, just to to experiment with things, I think is just uh, just immeasurably um, important. Going with that, powerful. Yes. <laughs> it's all right. I totally agree. I the, the only time I can get hold of the camera, I love it. It feel you could it feels this wonderful power, doesn't it? Not I meant you're not empowered, but the power of the camera, and you can see it in a different way. Even if the DP always does that, or the camera operator's got hold of it, it it's nice when you do it, and you sort of go, oh wow, okay, it, it feels good. So the same with the iPhone, whatever it is you're holding, and I imagine you had some sort of contraption around your iPhone as well, so that it it did feel like that, and it really is important. I totally agree with that. It does make your mind think differently. And I love the fact you are free to just go, I'm going to play. I'm going to direct. I'm going to find things and see what happens. And that's a wonderful place to be. It's opened you up massively. I think I think it's great. Tori, what about same sort of question for you? What have you learned from this? I think as an actor, I've always been quite nervous about... Um, a sort of trusting my myself and my instincts um but also um shy to ask um uh, for like another take you know shy to kind of um 
be allowed or allowing myself to kind of play and really explore. Um, and so often, you know, there isn't the time necessarily for it. Um, so, you know, very much often on set, it's kind of like, you know, this is this is your moment. You've got to hit it. This now is the chance. So it was so lovely to kind of have that indulgence as an actor to kind of go, yeah, actually, can we go again? Can we do that again? Also, I mean, it shouldn't really be an indulgence, like indulgence, you know, as in yeah. the, the actor, obviously, like massive cog in the wheel of the storytelling. So, you know, I think, and I, I remember from my acting days, you kind of go, okay, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll yeah, do. Yeah, well, that's, I'll do that's that. fine. Okay, but then yeah. you go, look, I've had an idea, now I've done it. Yeah. Just, yeah, just. I think as actors, of... we're so keen to please all the time. Um, and, uh, I know I certainly am and you know to not rock the boat and not be difficult and mm. um, which is all very important stuff and you should still be lovely and not an arsehole but um, you know <laughs> but actually this is this is your time to kind of do the best that you can for do for the job the, that you've been paid yeah exactly for, for to, the, to for the film base, yeah and and actually, for I the think most directors would probably go okay cool yeah, absolutely. You know, respect that. I go, okay, if you think you can do something better than, not better, but as indifferent, yeah. then like an angle on the story, great, let's, let's do that. And also, yeah. if you don't, as a director, and if an actor comes to you and says, oh, no, 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 look, I, I think I found it, if you don't give them another take at that point, they, they might not trust you again, they might not want to do that, and it's so important to let, even if you don't use it, even if you know and they know afterwards, oh, that didn't work, I'm so sorry, that's totally fine, because there might have been a shot in there you could use in the edit, there might have been anything, or it might be the breakthrough that the actor needs to find that performance for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really important to do that, I agree, and obviously on indie films, there's often, a, even on you know big movies, there's often no time, but I think it's important you do that, same with the DP, same with sound sometimes you still, you've got to go sometimes you make the choice we haven't got time i'm so sorry this we could do in eight hours sound i really hate doing that but but if a performance camera move sometimes you should look at that so yeah i love that that's great wow i mean it's it's an incredible journey i love this i love that you've gone and made a movie in lockdown and it's still released in lockdown a year later almost to the day uh, almost God, exactly i, I think exactly. we worked out yeah i think it's about two days shy of um I think we started writing on the 25th of March or something like that. Yeah. That's almost to the day. That's a week before. Yeah. <gasps> so, and again, yeah, also the don't. fastest we've ever like, not just well, written a film, made it and it's come out as well. We've never had anything, you know, it's usually, okay, so you make it and then have a year of faffing around it. Okay, go to festivals <laughs> and then, okay, not faffing No, no, around it is faffing like, around. Yeah. It's faffing, yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe we need to go to festivals so we can go get some yeah, reviews yeah. and then and then after that we can take it to the mm. distributor to prove that there's an audience, that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's... A, Kind of it's bonkers, bonkers but it's wonderful for your next film it's wonderful for your trajectory and i think it's in i think it should have inspired many more people to just go do go shoot something because the more you shoot the better we become it's proven right you've learned so much from this whether you're better or not I, who knows but the fact is we feel good about ourselves from doing something and that just going out there and shooting anything is so important Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And it's doable these days as well. I mean, you know, if, if genuinely, if I can do that, anyone can do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like, no, trying no. to put myself down, but as like, you know, that's yeah. genuinely, if you have a phone, uh, we, you know, we had like a £120 gimbal, um, which is not hugely expensive considering what it did. And that's, that's what we had, you know, yeah. it's, it's doable. It's not easy. I'm not. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's easy as well. Um, <laughs> none of it. None of this. Filmmaking is, is not easy. easy, generally, but it is doable. If you want to do this, you probably want to be a filmmaker, or you are a filmmaker. You can do this yourself if you want to. If you want to go make a doc, you want to make a short, you want to just go make another feature because you, you haven't made one for a while. You're struggling in that. You can do it. It's proven. Matthew and Tori have done it. Uh, Infinitum Subject Unknown is out now. It's super incredible. Go watch it. Starring Tori. Amazing performance. Connor Pill and Ian McKellen. Uh, also uh, cameo in the movie. Nice that's a cameo for you there. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. Just to make sure. But to confirm, they shot this by themselves in lockdown. Just the two of them incredible incredible uh, links to this will be in the show notes do click it do support it deserves all that love and support you can give and follow the guys on their twitter page and say you listen to them on the filmmakers podcast and either you can't wait to watch a film or you've already watched it your twitter handles are uh, fizz and ginger or i'm m butler Hart. and i am at tory butler Hart. yes you are oh well done yeah because i think the last time you didn't know did you <laughs> no no 
As infinitum, I think infinitum is infinitum su as in subject unknown. That would be nice as well if you like it. Do, uh, yes, do please do. But nice. also, That'd just be... go follow infinitum su at infinitum su on Twitter and Insta, or just uh, it's on Instagram as well. But yeah, I think it's infinitum subject. Great. Yeah, so do, yeah. Regardless of whatever you're doing in your life, if you've listened this far and Matthew and Tori have given you all this love and knowledge for free, the least you can do is follow them on these platforms the least you can do um amazing thank you everyone so much for listening thus far this has been amazing i've really enjoyed this i always love talking to you too and i love that you're part of the filmmaking podcast gang anyway by obviously hosting events and you joining us on the clubhouse um events which are every thursday at the moment you'll be joining us this thursday i imagine which is indeed absolutely perfect good so come and ask some questions there if you've got any more questions to ask about this because the film will be out there and you can watch it and then ask some direct questions please do clubhouse every thursday 6 30 p.m gmt time which is english time so therefore it'll be 11 30 uh, in hollywood land so come and join us on that um and also the wrap up is our weekly newsletter now which is going out every week which is a roundup of all the entertainment well, not all of them that's ridiculous We're not, <laughs> we haven't got that much time on our hands but it's just a nice wrap up of some of the cool news created by us uh, that you might like if you're not already signed up for that do sign up for it links to all that is in the show notes and our twitter page uh, at filmmakers pod uh, you can oh we're on instagram as well the filmmakers podcast loads of stuff going on on there you can follow me at Charles Alderson so do do that if you're not already remember you can go out there and make your indie film even on an iPhone just as Matthew and Tori Butler Hart have done you can go out there now and do it and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to send the elevator back down down. boom you're in Um, thank you so much uh, Matthew and Tori you're both legends honestly thank you well done I'm so proud of you honestly really really thank you likewise likewise yes but I didn't make a film yeah you did did. yeah you did (laughs) 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 the stranger in our bed I've literally just done some pickup on it okay. uh, on Thursday and yeah final pickups now it's all good we're going ahead with the grade and sound mix and everything. <laughs> so so exciting. Exciting. I can't wait to hear about it yeah, yeah. About it. yeah. might be ready in time for can because they've moved that forward so we might just make that so super so anyway more news on that to come but for now thank you everyone so much for listening you all superstars go make your films make it happen bye Matt bye Tori bye everyone bye Giles see you everyone take care bye